Come on, good morning, good morning, good morning. How's everybody doing today? Can you give our online campus one more what's up? Hey, everybody, we welcome to, to Transformation Church this morning. It is so good uh, to be in the house of God, and, and that is true. It is cr- hard to believe next week TC turns two. Come on, two years as transformation. We've seen so much life change. It's going to be a great uh, time next week celebrating just what God has done in the last two years. You do not want to miss that service. There'll be some special things to celebrate turning to, big old birthday party. And so we want you uh, to be a part of that. And then we're going to celebrate uh, with you online as well. And um, it's just going to be a great time. We're going to jump into the word today. We have a lot uh, going on in church. Today, you heard that uh, next steps or plugged in is the next step you can take kind of getting plugged into our church. We do that on the first and third Sunday of every month. Month. And so uh, we have it today in our cafe. And uh, if you're interested in plugging in and kind of figuring out more about what our vision and values in church is about, it's an amazing time at about an hour uh, right after our second service at 1130. We have child care available so you can jump into that. If you want, go to Connection and find out. Let's jump into the word today. We're starting a new series called Flipped the Script. Flip the Script. Before, but listen, I gotta, before I do that, I just got to give honor where honors due. We have some amazing missionaries in the house all the way from Peru uh, via Mississippi. Up to here. Come on, the Bostic family is all right here on the front row. 15 years we hung out last night and got to, got to talk. They were staying at the Hussars house and they come in and, and their family and we've known each other for 15, uh, really 17 years, 20 years. Dang, dude, 20 years. I'm trying to not age myself and... Uh, it's just been, we went to Bible school together. And I don't know if you know, but every time you give here, uh, you support a work in the Amazon jungle and uh, you support taking the gospel to, to tribes that are unreached. And so uh, through this family, they've pioneered a Bible school in the jungle. And um, it's amazing. He was telling me stories last night about uh, 20 people in a canoe that held 10, uh, about an inch from water with alligators following the boat because they were hungry. And so, and his daughters were in that boat with him going to church, somebody, come on, you ain't had to fight alligators to get to church. Like, yeah, my makeup doesn't look good. Don't like the outfit today. You know, you're not getting eaten, somebody. (laughs) I love it, man. Thank you for your heart and your service, your entire family. Thank you guys for what you do. Can you give them another hand, please? Come on. They're they're, They're worthy of honor. We give honor where honor is due, and that's an amazing family. Um, I just, it blows my mind what God's using them for. And they're, they're moving to Dallas now for a new season, but continuing the work in the jungle and continuing to minister around the nations. And so uh, he's getting ready to go to Asia. We're believing for uh, some finances for them to go to Asia as well and, and uh, take the gospel there. Actually, they were going to Asia, but with COVID, now they're going to, to uh, Europe and, and hitting Europe, going to hit some huge refugee camps and things like that. And so it's cool to celebrate what God's doing there. Yeah, let's jump in. Yeah, come on, you give them one more hand. They're taking the gospel to the planet. That's what we're about. Flip the script. We're doing a series called Flip the Script, and my, my thought on that series is uh, sometimes um, when, a, when a writer writes a script, he hands it to the actors and actresses, and they, they live out the script that's been handed to them. And so, so uh, whatever's written down is the script that we are living by, whatever you've, you've taken as a script. And so if the script is good, it's a good story. If the script isn't so good, sometimes it's not so good. And, and sometimes we need to flip the script because the enemy's always trying to put lies into our mind. We all live from a script, every one of us, and the script controls our mind. And so God said, literally, your thoughts run your life. And so we have to flip the script on certain things we believe, uh, because when we believe them, it begins to run our life. And a lie that we believe has the same power as a truth. 
even though it's not true, it has the same power as a truth if we believe that lie. Let me prove it to you. Here we go, here we go. Let me give you a couple thoughts, a couple, couple things that you believe. Carrots help your eyesight. No, they don't. No, no, they don't. It's proven. You know how that lie started? In World War II, our pilots were so accurate going at enemy targets because they had radar. And our government didn't want the enemy to know that our pilots had radar. So they began to say that our pilots ate carrots and it helped their eyesight. And, and so the writer of Bugs Bunny picked up on that and began to write that into the Bugs Bunny uh, cartoon series. And then millions began to believe that carrots help your eyesight. And y'all been eating carrots. You hate them. Here, here's another lie. Here's another lie. Here's another lie. Um, you can't eat after you swim for 30 minutes. Somebody just said 45. <laughs> it's not true. Like I'll cramp, you'll cramp up and your digestion and you better not eat and you'll cramp. It's a lie. You can swim. Some of y'all don't believe me. Right now I feel it. You don't believe me. I can feel it. Like, like you're still going to make your kids wait to swim 15 minutes, 15 minutes. It's a lie. You've bought into it. And it's a lie. Is it possible we buy into lies sometimes? I know I have. Uh, and it affects the way we live. It changes our story. God doesn't care. I've made too many mistakes. I'll never be able to stop. I can stop anytime I want. No one will find out. Is it possible we've believed lies? And in this series, I want to combat some lies we've believed by looking at John's gospel and some of the miracles that Jesus did inside of John's gospel. It's so important because there's one phrase I believe that these miracles will do for us in flipping the script. John 20, 30 through 31 in the, in the scriptures tell us why John wrote this whole entire gospel. It says this, and many other signs Jesus did. This is the end of the story. And many other signs Jesus did, but these are written that you would believe Jesus is the Christ, the son of God, and that you might have life. These are written that you would believe that Jesus is the son of God and that you might have life. The two most used words in the book of John, believe and life, believe and life, believe and life. They are connected. They go hand in hand. Whatever you believe is how you live. Whoever you believe is determines how you live. And so the lies that we believe sometimes have to be combated with what we believe because you can't change a lie if you don't change what you believe. You can't, you can't get to your thought process if you don't see someone different and someone new. And so I want to flip the script on this lie today, very specific lie. God doesn't care about my situation. God doesn't care about my situation. God doesn't care about my situation. It's a lie the enemy tells us. And we're going to look at the text in John chapter two, the first story of Jesus' miracle in John. He turns water to wine. We're singing about wine. How prophetic today, singing about new wine and new power. And here's the story. On the third day, there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee and the mother of Jesus was there. Now both Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding. And then, and then, and when the wine ran out, and when they ran out of wine, the mother of Jesus said to him, they have no wine. 
Jesus said to her, woman, what is your concern have to do with me? My hour is not yet come. His mother said to the servants, whatever he says to you, do it. Now there were set there six water pots of stone. One translation says common uh, water pots used for everyday purposes. There were six water pots of stone according to the manner of purification of the Jews containing 20 or 30 gallons apiece. Jesus said to them, fill the water pots with water. So they were empty. Fill the water pots with water. And they filled them up to the brim. And he said to them, draw some water out now and take it to the master of the feast. And they took it. When the master of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine and did not know where it came from. Look, he didn't know. But the servants who had drawn the water knew. You want to know what God's doing? Be a servant. You know what? You want to know where God's moving? Become a servant. But the servants knew what had been done and where the water was, came from. The master of the feast called the bridegroom and said to him, every man at the beginning sets out the good wine and when the guests have well drunk, then the inferior. You have kept the good wine until now. The, this beginning of signs Jesus did in Cana of Galilee and manifested his glory and his disciples believed in him. In the message version, verse 11 says this, this act in Cana of Galilee was the first sign Jesus gave, the first glimpse of his glory. And his disciples believed in him. Title for today is this, A Glimpse of Glory. A Glimpse of Glory. Real quick, let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Help us see who you are today. Help us believe a different script so we can have life. Help me believe different so I can have life. Help us see you clearly, Lord, that we would believe and see your miracles. Get a glimpse of glory today. God, we want your wine because there's new power. We want new wine. We came here with nothing, but you give us everything. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. 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 A glimpse of glory. I moved here in 2008, and uh, I went to the University of Louisville. Come on, any Cardinal fans out here? Anybody? I know you're not going to admit it in, in Orange Country. I'm sorry. When I shared this, when I first began to pastor and talked about the University of Louisville, Louisville had just beaten UT in the Elite 16, or the, the Sweet 16, to go to the Elite 8. And I mentioned the story, and like four families left the church. <laughs> So I'm, I'm, I'm in faith to talk to you about this, but it's going to go somewhere good. I was not a UT fan. I, just, I, was a, I was a UofL basketball fan. We didn't have a good football team, but I wasn't a U, UT football fan. And, uh, and so I was here and enjoying uh, UofL. But then I started watching UT on, on the TV. I'm like, okay, I'm here. I might as well get to know them. They were great in 98. Come on, somebody. I was friends with one of the linebackers. I graduated U of L in 1998. It dates me, and so so in '98 they did something good in football, won the national championship. One of my friends was a linebacker named Sean Johnson, and so we knew of UT. I wasn't a fan still. Moved here, checking them out on TV. It's kind of cool watching watching games. But I remember the first game I ever went to in Neyland Stadium. Come on, anybody remember your first Neyland Stadium game? I went to Neyland Stadium, I was up, I got invited by somebody who had tickets, I was up in the nosebleed sections at the very top of the top, on the tunnel side, looking at the team. I can remember Lane Kiffin was the coach, it was UT versus UCLA. UT comes running out, man. The, 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 team, the team breaks through the tunnel. Lane Kiffin's in the front, some of y'all are haters still, it's okay, he's a Christian now. And, and, <laughs> You got to give some grace. He comes running out of the tunnel. He's, the team is following me, and this is what I hear. I got goosebumps right now. Yeah. Tears started running down my face. 
I'm, in the, I'm, I'm getting a glimpse of glory. I'm in the top of the stadium. I'm like, why am I crying? I don't know. <laughs> Rocky Top's hitting. I'm getting a glimpse of glory in, in Neyland Stadium, and everything changes. I become a UT fan in a second, and it is. Got goosebumps thinking about it right now. First game. John is writing to us in John chapter 1 to lay a backdrop of us watching UT on TV. He's telling us about God from a TV perspective. He's telling us about who God is and painting this picture of of this distant God in a way that that was creating all the world. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and He was in the beginning, and all things were made through Him, and without Him nothing was made that was made. In Him was life, and life was the light of men, and the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness comprehends it not. He's given us this distant picture, this, this reality, but it's hard to understand all that. Chapter one is the backdrop of a belief system that leads us to chapter two where we pick up with a miracle. Chapter one is, 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 is Jesus on TV, is, is UT on TV, is I'm a fan, I've heard about God, I know about the situation, I know he's great, I know he created everything, and John is saying, yeah, 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 Jesus is God, he is God, he is God, he's not just David's kid, he's not just the seed of Abraham, he's not just a prophet, priest, or king, Jesus is God. And he's laying the backdrop of who Jesus is, but then he jumps to chapter two where we get Rocky Top, somebody. (laughs) He jumps to chapter two and gives us a glimpse of his glory. It's hard to understand divinity when we're wrapped in humanity. It's hard for us to get the picture through the TV. We've got to see the miracle. We have to understand what he does. And so he shows us this picture of Jesus turning water into wine. We find Jesus creating by all power in chapter one and turning up at a party in chapter two. Come on, two giant extremes. Like, why did he show up in a party? Why was he doing this? I mean, he had a lot to do on the agenda. He had to save the planet, go to the cross, give up the Holy Spirit, rise from the, I mean, everything. And he decides to reveal himself at a wedding for the very first time. It's crazy. The party's going good. Jewish weddings went for about one to two weeks. Everything's going fine until the wine runs out. The wine runs dry. Peter hadn't fought anybody yet. James and John are getting bridesmaids numbers. It's going good, man. Hummus is spicy and on point. I mean, everything's happening, right? And the wine runs out. Some rabbis say when the wine runs out, the joy runs out. Everything's going good and the flow stops. The flow of wine quits. You ever had everything going good and the flow just stops? Everything's going good and something just runs out. The the joy just runs out. The wine just runs out. It was a humiliating experience for the couple that threw the wedding. So embarrassing socially, so embarrassing and so humiliating. It was was against social norms to run out of wine. It, It said something about who you were. You ever been in a situation where you just ran dry and you ran out of joy? I think all of us have faced those things. And here's the thing. Here's the scary part. You can write this down. It's easy to believe a lie when you run dry. When I run dry, I believe lies. I mean, it's just easy to, run, to believe lies when we run dry. Uh, God doesn't care about my situation. They don't care about my situation. I deserve this. I brought this on myself. It's over. I'm disgraced. No use. No hope. The lie is God doesn't care about my situation. Have you been running low on joy? Have you been worried that God doesn't care about what you're going through and what you're facing? I, I don't know what, what it is for you, but sometimes as we run low... We need to fill up. Who fills up their gas tank when it's half full? We can't stand you people. (laughs) Who fills up when it's a quarter tank? Quarter tank. Who goes to the emergency light? 
and praise for, for fumes to last eight nights like Hanukkah. Come on, y'all got that Hanukkah, that Hanukkah faith. And then you fill up again and you go to fumes and you fill up again. It's called adventure. Come on, somebody. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. But when you do it, you're like, oh my God, am I going to make it? Oh my God, my kid, can I, do I have time to fill up? Can I stop? I'm, pay- I'm like, I'm going to run out. Ah, how long does the light last? I don't know. And there's the danger of running low because whenever you run low, you invite things into your life that aren't meant to be there. Whenever you run low on fumes with joy, we welcome the wrong things when we run low. We welcome panic and worry and fear. Come on, I've been there. I'm there every other day. (laughs) Come on. I got to fill up. I got to run low. I run low. I got to apologize. Fill up. I run low. It's easy to go up and down and run low and let your tank get empty. Am I talking to anybody that's real in here, any Christians that kind of have to fill back up and run low sometimes? And and here's the scary thing. Sometimes we run low and we think God doesn't care about our situation. The good news today is this. Jesus was in the place they were running low. The source of joy was in the room when the wine ran out. Why is he at a wedding? I'm gonna give you some simple thoughts if you feel like God doesn't care, if you feel like you're running low today. Why was he at the wedding? Verse two says, Jesus and his disciples had also been invited. He was there because he was invited. Jesus is welcome. And Jesus shows up where he's welcome. He's letting us know that he will show up. Jesus shows up where he's welcome. He shows up at a wedding by invitation. God will show up wherever you welcome him. Some of you are wondering why he's not involved in your situation. You haven't welcomed him to it. You haven't asked him to get into it. He'll show up at work. He'll show up in your marriage. He'll show up here. He'll show up at church. He'll show up where you praise him. He'll show up in every ministry, in every moment, in every financial He will show up. We have to welcome him. And it doesn't surprise God that they ran out of joy. It didn't surprise Jesus they ran out of wine. It was embarrassing. It's an embarrassing moment. And a lot of times we don't go to him because we get nervous. We're gonna be disgraced or ashamed or he's gonna be like, oh, you're running low on joy again, child? You're like, well, we just gotta, we always gotta be full of joy. Gotta just be happy. And God, we're like, we can't go to God sometimes because we think it surprises him when we run dry on joy. Anybody else? I think sometimes we know that the embarrassment of her, the shame of her, like I should just be a happy Christian all the time. I should just not believe any lies. I should just know God cares about me all the time. And, and it's just not the case. And sometimes we, we don't go to him because we think it surprises him that we're out of joy. Listen to me, hear me, please. It didn't surprise Jesus they ran out of wine. And here's what you need to know. If you can't surprise God, you can't disappoint God. You can't surprise him. You think he's so disappointed in you all the time. You think he's so let down by you all the time. You can't surprise him. If you can't surprise, when my kids disappoint me, it's because they surprised me. You know what I'm saying? If someone disappoints me, they surprise me. If I disappoint somebody, my behavior surprised them. You can't surprise God. So for you, you cannot disappoint your father. He knows what you're gonna do. You just need to welcome him into the situation. He will show up wherever he is welcome. My wife and I were on Space Mountain in Disneyland, Disney World a couple months, about a month ago at our anniversary. Come on, anybody ride Space Mountain? 
We get off Space Mountain. I'm trying to catch my breath. I'm walking down out of the thing. Look at my wife. I'm like, woohoo! She had we had red, you know, ridden uh, roller coasters in forever. And I hear something from my pocket. Excuse me, sir. Can I help you? Sir, do you need any help? Would you need some help, sir? I reach into my pocket and I had butt dialed 911 from Space Mountain. <laughs> I'm like, oh, hey! So glad you called. I about died. I just butt dialed you from Space Mountain. I'm sorry. No emergency here. I don't care how you got to get a hold of God. I don't care how you got to get him in your situation. Some of you need to butt dial God up on the roller coaster called life. Did you call me? Yeah, God, I was on this roller coaster called Space Crazy, and I was about to die. Thanks for checking in on me. Invite him. You can't. Whatever you welcome, you live with. Come on, we've got to tell fear and discouragement and doubt and anger and resentment. We've got to tell all those things. No, you're not welcome here. We've got to tell unforgiveness. You're not welcome here. God, you're welcome here. God, you're welcome in this place. You're welcome in this, in this heart. You're welcome in this mind. Come on, give God about five seconds of just a welcome in your life and heart right now. You're welcome, God. Come on, online. You're welcome in this place. We choose joy. Whatever you're welcome, you, you live with. Come on, it says this in verse three. And when they ran out of wine, the mother of Jesus said to them, they have no wine. <laughs> said to him. Here's the thing. The question isn't, does God care about my situation? The question is, do you know where to take your situation? She knew she went right to Jesus. She said, here, here it is, Jesus. They, they have no wine. Here's my situation. There's no more wine. Jesus, hey, here it is. There's no more money. Jesus, here's my situation. My heart's broken. Jesus, here's my situation. They, they, I, don't, I don't have the money I need to do what I want to do. Jesus, here's my situation. I'm angry. Jesus, here's my situation. I'm scared. Just draw, attach your situation to Jesus. I have to learn to attach my situation to Jesus. She didn't try to beg him. She didn't try to manipulate him. She didn't keep on going to him. She said, Jesus, they out of wine. <laughs> Boom. Dropped it at his feet. Boom, just dropped. It was that mom trick. The room's dirty. It's a statement, but it means do something. You know what I mean? It's like, mom can do that. Like, you know, it's just, she, Jesus, they out of wine. And just, just left it there. For him to do something about it, I just, I just think it's so important we attach our situation to Jesus. Yesterday I was at, at Best Buy and there was a dad trying to strap in one of his kids into a, into a car seat. And he, he was kidding around because he was trying to make it fun, but he was growling. He was like, Rah! I was like, that's actually how I did it when I strapped my kids in. Rah! Anybody had to use one of those car seats and strap kids in right now? Come on, Anyone? You, you know, my kids did not want to get strapped in. I see the baby right there. They did not want to get strapped in. They're kicking, they're screaming, they're pulling, they're fighting. You're doing everything. You're holding one strap in your mouth. You got a seatbelt. You're, you're putting over that thing. I don't know about, maybe nowadays they just got a little button you hitting it all. You can go, go like that in the Incredibles. They get locked in. I don't know. But, but for me, it was old school and I'm strapping stuff and I'm trying to, and the kids are, finally I get them fastened in. Your thoughts and the script you live by is not going to want to be fastened to Jesus. And you're going to have to fight and you're going to have to growl and you're going to have to work to get that thing fastened up to Jesus. Look at the verse in Philippians 4.8. So keep your thoughts continually fixed on all that is authentic and real, honorable and admirable, beautiful and respectful. 
pure and holy, merciful and kind. And fasten, fasten your thoughts on every glorious work of God, praising him always. Look, I don't strap my kids into that seat because I'm some horrible driver. I'm a good driver. I strap my kids in the car seat because of all you demon-possessed drivers. <laughs> because of all the other demonic drivers. I strap my kids because there's traffic on the highways trying to kill me and things that I'm not aware of. You don't, you don't have to fasten your thoughts to Jesus all the time because you're some horrific person that thinks everything's negative and bad. You have to fasten yourself and your thoughts to Jesus because there is a devil out there trying to wreck your life. Jesus, I attach my mind to you. I attach my thoughts to you, to every glorious work. I flip the script today by looking at the glorious work that you do, and I change the dialogue and script. Verse five, his mother said to the servants, whatever he says to do, do. That's the last known words of Mary in the Bible. Mic drop, boom. Whatever he says do, do it. How easy is that advice for life right there? That's the most, that's the, you could live on that Bible verse the rest of your life. You could, st- you could just study that one verse the rest of your day. Whatever he says to do, do. And he just drops it. A lot of times we think we need this miracle mentality. We need an obedience mentality, guys. I mean, she puts this, she puts all this faith. She takes us to the next dimension in God right there, to a higher level and a higher dimension in God. It it, it is a place of total trust. Whatever he says to do, do. Whatever he says to do, do. She didn't know what he was gonna say do. He could have been like, we out. Wine's out, we out. He could have been like, we're taking this party to Jerusalem. Let's go over to the next city. He could have said parties up. He could have said anything. She doesn't know, but she knows enough to trust him to say whatever he says do, do. You might not understand it. You might not get it. It might not make sense. It might not be pleasant. You might not even want to do it. But whatever he says to do, 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 do. Your miracle is in your movement. So often we're waiting on God to move when he's saying I'm waiting on you to move, Right? Jesus is not a genie. Ministry is not magic. It's like whatever he tells me to do, do. It might be a one step, two. I don't know what the step is for you, but we have to get Jesus involved. As we get involved, he gets involved. As we start moving, faith is always followed by action. And I'm encouraging you, please hear me. As you take action on what Jesus tells you to do, all of a sudden miracles begin to happen. Verse six says this. I'm gonna wrap up. Verse six says this. Now there were set there. Everybody say set there. Six water pots of stone used for ceremonial cleansing. One translation says six common water pots used for ceremonial cleansing. There were set there. There were set there. It's sitting right there. It's sitting right there. Your miracle is sitting right there. Whenever we're believing a lie and we think God doesn't care about our situation, we're wanting some gigantic heavenly voice to break out of the heavens and to go, I want, you know, and, and then depart the waters and everything to change in an instant, right? We want this, and we think if God doesn't do it that way, then he doesn't care about my situation. But the reality is God uses the natural to do the supernatural. 
God will use the natural things sitting right there in your life to bring a breakthrough in your life. He wants to use the common things sitting right in front of you. What's in front of you today? What's sitting right there? What's common? Sometimes we despise the common. We despise the everyday use of things. We despise that. And when we miss that, we don't contain the glory. Jesus is saying, literally, I'll use the common thing to contain my glory. He said it when we were earthen vessels. You and I are made of clay. I made you weak, earthen vessels, so that it would be a container to hold his glory. So it wouldn't be by your power, but by his power. It's the common thing. Abraham and a knife. Isaac and a few sticks for a fire. Jacob and some goatskins. Joseph in a colorful coat, Moses in a stick, Rahab in a red rope, Joshua in a marching band, Caleb in some grapes, Ruth in a bag of barley, Boaz in a pair of sandals, David in a few rocks, Samson in a jawbone, Gideon in a few lanterns, Elijah in some water, Elisha in a hand towel, Jonah in a fish, Mary with some engagement drama, Joseph with more engagement drama, an innkeeper with no room, three wise dudes with a telescope, John the Baptist with some locusts and honey. Samson with a prostitute. Well, never mind. Don't go there. <laughs> I'm sorry. Rebuke myself in Jesus' name. That's in the Bible. A few fishermen with a cussing problem. A little boy in a lunchable. Some ladies in their spices. Mary with some perfume. A tax guy, a doctor, a lawyer, an ex-rabbi. That's a joke. And on and on, you and I. Come on. God cares about our situation. And he does supernatural things in the common things of our life. What's sitting right? You're wanting joy. You're needing God to fill up. You're wanting this glory. You want wine. And God says, be faithful with water. Listen to me. When When he did the miracle and it ran out, he didn't make wine. He said, fill up with water. So often we're wanting this this wine and God says, be faithful with water. I want to do wonders, but I'm going to start with water. God, I need a new job. Are you faithful with the one you have? God, I need my spouse to love me. Are you lovable? God, I'm single. Change it. Do you honor your singleness? Man, I, I need you to do something. He wants to get involved, but he wants to use the common thing. I was working and talking with my son the other day. I don't see him in this service, so I'm going to tell this story. We were at dinner last night. He's telling the Bostics about his dreams of being this big real estate mogul and all. And, and he wants to own properties and it's great. And he wants to learn to flip houses and, and wholesale houses and all that. And I love it. And, and, and she said, are you going to be faithful with your grades right now? He got red. He's like, I don't need all that. <laughs> I went, I'm, like, I'm on the way home. I'm like, dude, it's a good principle. He's like, I don't, you know, I'm doing, I don't know. I was like, God says, when you're faithful with a little, he makes you ruler over much. They didn't mean it like that, dad. I'm like, yeah, listen. Listen, that's how God operates. Be faithful with water. And I promise wine is on the way. The scripture says this, when they drew out the water, it became wine. Come on, faith knows how to draw it out. Faith knows how to flip the script. It didn't turn into wine until they drew it out. I just want to encourage you, keep drawing it out. Keep drawing. I know it doesn't look like wine. Keep on drawing on joy. Keep on rejoicing. You're waiting for God to make everything right before you have joy. Once you have joy, you'll rejoice. God say, no, rejoice, and then you'll have joy. Come on, pain turns into purpose. Wounds turn into worship. 
You know, worship's not a miracle if we weren't prone to worry. Come on, sometimes we need, we need to, to say, okay, God, I'm going to draw it out. I'm gonna, there's more joy. There's more life. There's more purpose. There's more forgiveness. There's more relationship. There's more, there's more in this, God. Fear's a miracle because I'm in a mess. Y'all following me? Joy's a miracle because I'm in a mess. Not fear. Flip the script. God cares about your situation. I want to close and pray for you. I'm preaching it myself today. And I hope, I'm, I hope it's hitting somebody's heart today. Is this helping anybody? I just... The Bible, the Bible records, listen to me, if you're online, the Bible records that, that Jesus, and they, they took the wine to the, the master of the ceremony, and he says, wow, this is the best stuff. He says, usually people wait till everybody's a little bit drunk. And then they get the good stuff, and then they bring out the, the bad stuff. This is the Bible, guys, okay? Like, it wasn't real wine. Yes, it was, okay? You just read the text. Just read the Bible. It's like they usually bring out the good stuff first, and when everybody gets a little bit, then they bring out the junk. If you've never been in the world, and you don't know about the Paps Blue Ribbon at the end of the night, then I'm sorry, okay? <laughs> the Keystone Light at the end of the night, you know what I'm saying? That's what we're talking about today. Be honest in church. You start out with Maker's Mark, you end with Keystone Light. I know how it goes. <laughs> Amen. Let's go home. And they, and they said, Jesus, what is this? You, you brought out the best last. And, I, and I'm just here to tell you that God's still doing that. He's still bringing out the best last. He's still got the best relationships and the best purpose and the best days ahead for you and the greatest is to come and it might look like water, but he's turning it into wine and you might be low on joy, but God said, I'm gonna fill you up, keep praising, keep drawing on water, keep being faithful and I'm gonna create wine in your life. I'm gonna let you not run dry. Jesus didn't touch the water. He didn't put his finger in the water. He didn't breathe over the water. He didn't even, he didn't even look at the water. He wasn't even a part of the water. He was over here in another area and he just fought wine. He just willed out wine in this situation. God is just saying, if you'll keep on walking, if you'll keep on drawing, I'll keep on willing out wine in your life. I'll keep willing out joy. I'm the creator. I'm flipping the script on everything you believe. I care about your situation today. And just keep on walking. Come on, pray with me today. Father, we're in this place today and sometimes we run dry and sometimes it's hard to understand divinity when we're all wrapped up in humanity and so we thank you for the, the rocky top moments. We thank you when we get a glimpse of your glory. I remember the day, God, I'd gone to church. I'd been through tradition. I'd known what it meant to be drugged to church from my parents. I'd known what it all meant, but I remember the day when I got a glimpse of your glory. I remember the day when you spoke my name. I remember the day when you said, I love you, son. Be ready for when I come for you. I remember the day. God, we need a glimpse of your glory in our situations. Sometimes we're so wrapped and cloaked in them that we can't see your divinity. Thank you for the book of John. Thank you for flipping the script and letting us know you care about a simple wedding. You care about the wine running out. You care about our joy running low sometimes. And that you're in the places where things run low. And Lord, we're just determined to fill up every day. If you're in this place and you say, you know what, Pastor, I've been running dry. I've been embarrassed to go to God. I've been embarrassed to talk about it. I've been a little bit shameful. I don't know, I've just been running dry. God's okay. He's not surprised today. If you say, you know what, I'm, I'm ready to, 
to just, just draw it out. I'm ready to just keep rejoicing before joy even comes. I'm ready just, just the words help me today. I'm gonna step back up and I'm gonna begin to draw on some things and draw on the water. And I'm gonna believe God to, to fill my joy up. I'm gonna believe God to give me a new day to not run dry, a new wine like we sang this morning. If that's you, no one is gonna be embarrassed. I'm not gonna stand you up or, or no one's looking around, heads bowed, eyes closed. Would you just say, Pastor, pray for me? That's me. My joy's been running low lately. Come on, across this place. I, I, need, I need some joy. <laughs> it seems like it's just water. Father, for every hand and every person that didn't put their hand up, if their joy's running dry, if anything's running low, God, thank you right now, supernaturally, fill them up today with the common thing, with the things sitting right there by them. It could be a compliment from a friend. It could be a, a good report going into Monday's work. It could be a, 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 a special thing that you do for them, Lord, or there's something they find in their life and go, wow, there's joy in this. Lord, I thank you that they'd be faithful and obedient and the miracle would come through the common thing today. Anyone online that's listening to me today, I pray that you would just be filled with joy, that God would will out joy and fill you up today. If you're running dry, I pray for you today, supernaturally, that you would be filled with the joy of God, the, the oil of God, that he is God. Jesus is God, but more than that, he wants to get involved in your daily situation. Sometimes he's not so removed from us as this master creator that he's involved in our situation. He cares about you. He's all God and all man. I pray you'd encourage every person in this room today. Supernaturally, God, thank you for turning water to wine. 